Hey, LDLers. In this episode, we hear from Molly. And I don't believe that is her real name. It is not. We are changing her name to protect the innocent. Um, but <laughs> For Molly, her request. Exactly. Uh, Molly tells her story of never quite fitting into the Mormon woman picture. The having the kids, the getting married. Probably something that a lot of us can relate to. So not Molly Mormon, Mm-mm. in other words. You're correct. Yet we've named her Molly. Sorry. Hmm. Sorry, Molly. (laughs) Should we get to it? Let's do it. Hey, Virginia. Did you know the law protects patients from surprise medical bills? Insurance companies and hospitals post cost information online. You can request a good faith estimate three days ahead of hospital care. Know your rights as a healthcare consumer. Visit controlyourcare.com to learn more about patient-focused healthcare laws. ControlYourCare.com can help empower your healthcare decisions. Paid for by the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association. Hey everybody, I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. And this is episode 20 of LDL Letters. The Latter-day Lesbian Midweek Mail Podcastio. <laughs> you never know. You never I know. don't. I'm always waiting. And this one was lame. <laughs> you don't like pod- podcastio. Podcastio. No? I think I had that at a restaurant the Did other you? day. Was mm-hmm. it like fish or what? Was it in a clam sauce? <laughs> I'll eat anything in a clam sauce. <laughs> this is true. Huh. Nope. Moving on. <laughs> moving the fuck on. <laughs> 20 of these puppies, huh? We're, yeah, wow. Wow. Hmm. How about that? Just way to, way to go, listeners. Way, way, <laughs> way to write in. Yeah. Listeners, loving it. I know. It. I love it, too. And we still have more letters to write. Oh, we have so many. Just, but keep them coming. It's so fantastic. Yeah, don't stop. Just because we have some, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean we want you to not write in. That goes also for patrons. Don't stop just because we got our five for the week. You just keep <laughs> on signing up. Just five? Just five. Mm-hmm. Exactly five. <laughs> I am going to read today's letter. Hmm. You read last week's. Sure did. As I recall. So I'm going to read this week's from Molly, which may or may not be her real name. I'm guessing not. It's, it's not. We already talked about this. <laughs> not her real name. All right, fine. <laughs> Let me get into it. Okay. Dear Mary and Shelley, hey there. Hi. I'm so grateful for both of you. Mm. That's real sweet. I was recommended your podcast by several friends, but I couldn't face listening to it for a long while. I think I knew deep down it would change my life, and it has. Wow. In a big way, she says. It might not be a big headline type of story, but it was a crazy ride for me. But let me back up, she says. Feel free to grab a cup of coffee, a beer, or a snack since this could turn out to be long. I'm going beer. So you listeners, uh, if you want to pause pause. and go get yourself a beverage Mm -hmm. or a snack, feel free. Here we go. I grew up Mormon in southern Utah. We hear that story a lot, you know, Mormons in the Utah state. So weird. (laughs) I know, weird. What a coincidence. What a kawinky-dink. I believed it and was the good girl. I followed all the rules, was always in a demanding calling, and served a mission, which was a really rough experience. I bet. I was in several Relief Society presidencies, wow, and the president in my singles ward a few times. Hmm. What happens in that singles ward, Shelley? It's a meat market. Is it? Yep. Oh, God. 
Uh, She says, I wanted to do what was right, and I took for granted that how I had been taught and raised was just the way the world was. So that's kind of what you think. You're in this, like, Mormon bubble. This is how life works, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I never went to a relief society or a singles ward. And now look at you. Look at me now. Still single. Ish. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for saying ish. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's no ring on my finger. I mean, I'm (laughs) I'm going to slip one on on your finger while you sleep. (laughs) While I sleep? Is that how you're going to get me? Mm -hmm. Despite (laughs) being such a believer and allowing the church to change so much of me, to define me and keep me from knowing who I was, ouch, I was stubborn about one thing. I didn't want kids, and so I didn't want to get married. Well, because that's the expectation. You can't just get married and not have kids, right? No, and you're not going to find—you won't find a, a temple-worthy young man, someone who's worthy in quotations to take you to the temple and have him also not want kids because it just doesn't line up. If you are being all churchy and you're going to go to the temple, then you're going to follow all of God's plan for you, which includes the kids. What if you could find that return missionary temple guy who doesn't want kids as well? Is that a thing? It's not a thing. Not really, no. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. good Lord. Mm -hmm. It's a breeding service. Yep. A Mormon woman who doesn't want kids is basically the equivalent to a three-headed unicorn. Exactly. (laughs) Women are defined by their status as a mother, and culturally, there is a lot of judgment on mothers for how their children turn out. Not wanting kids and taking steps to not have them instead of being railroaded into it or running after promises within the plan of salvation is actively choosing to go against God and his plan. There you go. But I couldn't force myself to want something I didn't want. Of course, I thought there must be something wrong with me for that, but I reasoned that it was better to not pass that brokenness on to other innocent people by having kids. If I didn't want kids, and I didn't ever since I was in high school, I definitely didn't want to get married because that's when you had kids as a Mormon. That makes sense. I would date and even had a few proposals, but I didn't want to marry any of them. And I went on some horrific dates with good, quote, priesthood men, some where I almost didn't make it out alive. Jesus. I went through the motions like I was supposed to, hoping I would someday find my happy ending, but not really believing it could actually happen. It seemed like a fairy tale, not true to reality, at least not my reality. I watched as nearly all of my friends got married and started having kids, and I felt like I was letting a lot of people down. Still, my guilt wasn't enough to force me to go against my own deep feelings of aversion, and I continued to be a, quote, menace to society. (laughs) This is Brigham Young's term for unmarried women over 25. Really? Yep. Yep. That's what he called them? People above 25 that weren't unmarried. Is this some sort of um, quote from, what what book is this? Do we know? Brigham Young's fucking mouth? Yeah. I'll have to look look it up. Okay. Huh. I I haven't seen that one on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Uh, she continues to say, gotta love that guy. Do ya? No. no. Yeah, I think Mm-mm. she's being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Wow. Menace to society if you don't yep. get married over yep. 25. Mm-hmm. Menace. Menace. Jeez, gotta lock them up. They're mm-hmm. a menace. People in the church don't know what to do with single people. Mm-hmm. Like, what do, you, what do you mean? Well, you age out of the young single adult program, and then you have to go to award with just like families like there's no in between you have to go to it like a church 
the, a war, yeah, congregation. They tell right. you they tell you which congregation to go to. And when you're a young single adult, you go to these young single adult congregations, which is basically a big meat market. But you can age out of that. When you turn a certain age, I'm not sure exactly what the age is. They tell you, you know what, you should go to a, a, a different fam- congregation. They call them family wards, where it's like they're already families. Uh, what the fuck? Go wherever you want. Mm, you're Mormon. You don't get to do that. <laughs> Wait, are you, are you like acting like there's a choice? <laughs> wow, this stupid church. Mm-hmm. All right. She says, people in the church don't know what to do with single people, especially as they get older. You're considered old in a singles ward at about 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't even know who I was at 23 and 24. Like, I just had no idea. I was still like— I was already pregnant with a baby. That's oh, insane. I know. They are treated as a blight, something to hurry and fix. Singles don't fit into the plan of salvation, and because they make people uncomfortable— Wow, these aren't even gay people. These are just singles. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yep. They are either written off or married off after someone tries to figure out what's wrong with them. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. What's wrong with them? Mm-hmm. That was always my attitude as well. When you're young and you've gotten married and stuff, you look at people who are older than you and you think, wow, there must be something wrong with them. Because they're single? Yes. Good God. Mm-hmm. I would often get asked what was wrong with me and why I wasn't married. There you go. <laughs> now, that's a comfortable line of questioning right, right there. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Um, fuck off. There's Basically. my answer. Like, I'm not an adequate person by myself. Exactly. Molly, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. I would get asked at places like the dentist office. At the dentist office? Yes, she's in Utah, remember. Not if I had kids, but how many kids I had. First time I had this happen, I was 25 or 26. That's insane. If I was feeling gutsy enough, I would respond by asking if that was a statement on what they thought was my mom bod. There you go. (laughs) That's funny. There usually weren't any follow-up questions. (laughs) I just couldn't justify making such huge life changes and with eternal consequences, if you believe the church doctrine, just because other people thought I should do it. Lest you think I'm immune to the Mormon culture's influence, I definitely allowed it to shape me in other ways with lesser decisions and choices, but I couldn't when it came to marriage and kids. The pressure is crazy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Remember there was one uh, single girl, lady, whatever, in my ward, um, the ward, last ward that I belonged to. And she was in her late 30s and it was all like, what's her deal? What's her problem? Why doesn't anyone, why didn't anyone want to marry her? Is she gay? Oh, she must be gay. Well, we should have set her up with someone. That was this thing. Like you can't be single. And she is, was whatever, successful, a master's degree, works on the Hill, but none of that is enough. Like, why isn't she married? Yeah. This just feels so similar to Gentleman Jack. Like we've Mm -hmm. been watching that lately. I was thinking the same thing. It feels like an episode of that show. Yeah. Why aren't they married? They need to get married. Right. What's wrong with her? She's not married. Let's Mm -hmm. marry her off Mm -hmm. at 22, 23, whatever. It Mm -hmm. seems exactly like it. Yeah. It's this whole fucking Victorian mindset. Mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. How Mormons are still setting that? Like, come on, guys. Just shit together. For real. Well, because the teaching is that you only get to heaven if you are married. So there you go. Yeah, that's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. I figured there were enough people to love and help without bringing more people into the world. You know, I agree with this thinking. And I focused my efforts on helping the people around me, especially other single people. 
I knew motherhood was such a hard, big job, and I believed I could help out with other people and their kids instead of having my own. Looking back now, it's no surprise at all that I didn't want the Mormon marriage and kids experience. You know, I get it. A few years after my mission, I was so bothered by several doctrinal teachings that didn't seem to add up and feeling like I wasn't receiving answers to my prayers that I worked with many different bishops and leaders to figure it out. In true LDS church fashion, I was subtly taught that it was my fault. Well, yeah. (laughs) I needed to do more, and somehow I was wrong and not worthy enough Mm -hmm. or not doing enough to get answers from God. You need more faith. You need to read your scriptures more. You need to pray more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had many awful experiences with leaders where I felt degraded, sinful, less than, and broken. I couldn't understand so much of what was going on in the church and how God supposedly was working. I could see how God was choosing favorites, even in the scriptures. I clearly wasn't one of them. I didn't understand how the Mormon God was a loving God, despite being taught that he was, and so many other questions and problems I couldn't answer. Yeah, it does kind of feel like Mormon God is like captain of the football team, and he just wants like other popular kids around him. Yeah. Um, when I was thinking that, you know, back when I was a super Mormon and I just, it just seemed that God just wasn't a great guy, but that's just how it is. So whatever. I'm glad that there are other people out there that who were believing Mormons at the time also thinking, well, he just doesn't sound like a great guy. So it wasn't just yeah. me no. like hearing it wrong. No. Mormon God is a dick. <laughs> You've said it before. You're mm-hmm. going to say it again. That's right. Mormon God is a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back to Molly's letter. Unexpectedly, I had a relationship with a woman. Whoops, that's unexpected. (laughs) How'd that happen? (laughs) We met at church and then became roommates. Mm -hmm. That's how it happened. Yep. It was a confusing time because I was still trying to figure out my issues with Mormonism. And while so much with her was wonderful and amazing, it was also a toxic and abusive relationship. Ouch. Hmm. That's not great. I can relate. Yeah. Not to me. No, no, Hopefully. no, not to you. <laughs> I'm like, which part of that can you relate to? <laughs> I'm thinking toxic and abusive okay. friendships. Ah, mm. that's true. You've had some past toxic yeah. relationships. Then we would go in to confess to our bishop, and he was less than helpful. I'm sure. Like, what he are you going to say? He was either less than helpful or very turned on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. I pick both. Okay. <laughs> he's confused, uh-huh. and he's going to think about that hard later. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. To his credit, he didn't discipline or demonize us or our relationship, partly, I think, because he knew of my faith crisis independent of my relationship with my roommate. Mm. In fact, he tried to give me a temple recommend, but I wouldn't lie when asked some of the faith questions. Talk about bishopric roulette. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, let's get this straight. Here we have a woman engaging in lesbian activities and the bishop is just trying to give her this temple recommend. <laughs> take, like, take this and go to the fucking temple. Go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yet yeah, I yeah. go to my bishop because I have a beer or two a week and he snatches that thing out of uh-huh. my hand. Yeah, for sure. Bishopric roulette. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. It's very random. Mm-hmm. He chalked our relationship up to each of us misunderstanding what love truly is. <laughs> so for years, that's what I thought it was too, that I didn't understand love. Uh-huh. Mm. These yeah. bishops... Who the fuck do they think they are? Seriously. It's crazy to me. (sighs) Cognitive dissonance is a bitch, she says. And again, it was my fault for not understanding. Mm -hmm. So, Shelly, this sounds like a good time for a break. I agree. We'll be right back. 
And we're back. Hello. After the dumpster fire of that relationship ended, <laughs> I stuffed it all away and did what Mormons do best. I doubled down. Yep. So you mean double like down, a double down. Yep. I'm going to be even more righteous. Okay. Okay. She says, that didn't last long as I ran out of steam for trying to convince myself that if I kept doing all the things, like going to the temple weekly, praying constantly, reading scriptures and conference talks incessantly, fasting, serving, visiting, teaching, going above and beyond at church, et cetera, et cetera. Remember the baby gaze that reads scriptures on the bus? <laughs> uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> so if she did all the things for possibly decades to come, then I would be happy. Why wouldn't God allow me to be happy now, mm-hmm. she says. Because Mormon God's an asshole. Yeah, so exactly. You're doing all the things, and then you expect to be happy one day? Yeah, you just got to keep doing it. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I just don't even know how anyone survives Mormonism. I don't know. It's so much pressure. It's crazy to me Mm -hmm. how people manage to even get through it. It took me several years to leave the church. Yeah, makes sense. I took a step back and then another and another. That's how you got to do it. Yeah, you can't just jump. Generally. Some people might do that. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid. But always in the back of my mind, I thought, what if I'm wrong? Yeah, we hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would be messing up eternity, which I thought was no joke. No joke at all. No joke at all. (laughs) Anyway, it was one of the most terrifying moments of my life to realize that I thought God didn't exist. I had always believed, as I had been taught that I am never alone, that no one is. God and the Holy Ghost are always there. But in that moment, I felt utterly alone, small, and unimaginably meaningless. Mm. When people say that leaving the church is the easy way out— They clearly have no idea what they're talking about. I started doing research with non-church-approved sources, terrified as I was that I was going to be taken in by anti-material. You mean history? Right. (laughs) But deciding I wanted to let my God-given brain figure it out with a balanced view of life and spirituality. I was starting to think it was all fake. There you go. (laughs) It is. Yep. I couldn't reconcile any of my questions with Mormonism in a way that was faith-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how could you? I went back to church once after praying and telling God this was my last attempt and that if he wanted me there, that this was when to speak up. I felt horrible the whole meeting. The last speaker said that he knew we all felt something today. How do you know that? It's and, just some shit you say. Uh-huh. And you're like, I feel the spirit so strongly spirit. in this room. Oh, really. I do too. And that we learned from the Spirit His message instead of His words. Mm-hmm. What, is that, what does that even mean? It, it, nothing. Okay. Gobbledy gook. Gobbledygook. I took that as a stamp of approval to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Not, it wasn't gobbledygook. Yeah, no. It worked for her. Mm-hmm. She felt the Spirit. Get the fuck out of <laughs> here. Get out of here. Save yourself. Yeah. So instead of getting a sign to stay that day, she took that as a sign to leave. And that was the last straw. She says, I officially took off my G's on Halloween, a fitting time if I do say so myself. And that stands for garments Mm -hmm. for anyone new Mm -hmm. to the party. To answer your faith questions from some older podcast episodes, I found a podcast called Secular Buddhism. It changed my life. I'm nearly certain I wouldn't be alive now without it. Wow. It's done by a guy named Noah Rochetta. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I'm not really sure. Who used to be Mormon but left the church. It isn't a religion and doesn't have a theology, but rather it's introspective. Instead of having the answers to life, it says, let's look at why you feel the need to know these things. In the middle of my faith crisis, this was so helpful. 
It helped me find peace and inner depth and wisdom at a time where I had lost the source I previously had for that. It's helped me so much in my healing process. I recommend it to everyone. And that, again, is called Secular Buddhism Podcast. I also found a great community of people who have also left the church. I felt really accepted for the first time in my life with no strings attached. I didn't have to pretend to be anything. In Mormonism, there's only one, quote, right way to be a woman. But since I wasn't Mormon anymore, I was free to explore lots of interests and figure out who I was. Yep. And I met a lot of people who do life in a lot of different ways. It was very refreshing It has been a long, hard journey working through so much from Mormonism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something we hear a lot is that whole community aspect. You know, she sounds like, hey, I was free to explore a lot of interests and figure out how I was. But that can be scary. Oh, yeah. Making decisions, thinking that you might be going down the wrong path, trying to decide like career, dating, whatever. When it's always been planned out for you, it can be very overwhelming. You know, here's the secret. What? There's no wrong path. Just I mean, if you're going to be like an axe murderer, I mean, that's not the best <laughs> path ever. Okay. okay. We just saw the movie Joker. So <laughs> We do. It was really good. I'm still a little disturbed by it. Okay. <laughs> this summer, after multiple people told me about your podcast, I started listening to it. I was scared knowing it would bring up a lot of issues and pain from the relationship with my roommate, but I also felt like it could help heal some of the scars left over by Mormonism. I believe very strongly that my relationship with Mormonism and Mormon God was abusive. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that, Shelley? Yeah, hell yeah. 100%. No doubt. I felt like the church used my dreams and goals against me to force me to do things I didn't want to do. Yeah, there's no real individuality in Mormonism. Mm -mm. That sucks. Mm -hmm. I found that talking about Mormonism has helped me work through the difficult process of untangling from a religion. It has helped to have people talk about it and share their experiences and things they've discovered and unpacked since leaving. So I've listened to a lot of ex-Mormon podcasts, and yours was next. I binged your podcast so hard. A binger! (laughs) I listen to hours of episodes every day. I recognized parts of my journey and path in Shelley's story nearly immediately. I resonated with so much she said, and some of it I didn't even realize I felt until she said it like men in suits being a trigger. Shelley unapologetically tells her story, bravely owns her experiences, and is so raw and real, it inspired me. Thank Aww, you. She's talking about you, baby. I know. Thank you, Molly. Not your name. <laughs> Not your real name, Molly. Yep. I want to be like that to stand strong in my truth. I felt empowered, like it was finally okay to acknowledge and validate my experiences. Shelly wasn't some weirdo or awful person. I mean, you might be a weirdo. I mean, I'm a weirdo. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's be honest here. Oh, she says, you are an amazing woman. Shit. I agree. I agree. Thank you, not your name, Molly. And oh. so was Mary, she oh, says. Mary oh, look, I got a little shout out. Hmm. That's nice. So I wouldn't be some weirdo or horrible person for being me either. Mm-mm. No, hell no. I own weird. I think it's great. Yeah, what's what's wrong with weird? I've been called weird my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as a kid, people are calling you weird and uh, can be hurtful because I got called weird a lot. Those are the kids that grow up and they're super fun and so super interesting. Boring. Oh, the people who are calling you weird. Yeah, the, w- yeah. the weird kids are the fucking awesome oh, yeah. adults. Creative, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I couldn't lie and say I didn't have feelings for women. I did and do. 
and I needed to stop lying to everyone, especially myself. I needed to stop hiding from this. Before listening to the podcast, anytime anything LGBTQ would come up, I would hide behind my brother's gayness as an excuse. I'm a good ally because my brother's gay. I was terrified people would figure out I wasn't straight. I would go to extreme lengths to hide it or have any association between me and that community besides my brother. But now, why couldn't I claim that community for myself? You can. Absolutely. Sadly, while this transformation happened very quickly, it was after SLC Pride. Maybe this year. I don't know. So I couldn't meet you or enjoy that. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. This year. Next year, she says. But I decided that I needed to come out to my Mormon family. This would be hard for them, but how much more hurtful would it be if they heard it from someone else? True. I didn't want to feel like I was sneaking around. My therapist advised me not to, saying I didn't need to be looking for sexual partners right now. But that wasn't what this was about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the sex is great. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Are you making eyes at me uh-huh. a little bit? Yep. Okay. Want to go make wanna, out? Yep. You want to go make out? Um, that's my line. Sorry. That's okay. You can borrow it. Thank you. And yes, I do want to make out. All right. Sweet. <laughs> it was about me standing up and being real and authentic. Exactly. Yeah. As Brene Brown says, if you put shame in a Petri dish, it needs three things to grow exponentially. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. There you go. Judgment will for sure be there with most Mormons, so I didn't want to add the secrecy and silence. It's not a shameful thing to be LGBTQ, so I didn't want to act like it was. Many friends said I should wait until I figured out what I was before coming out, but I find it hard to figure it out in the closet. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. And honestly, my family will need time to adjust anyway, so I might as well start that process. I know that I'm attracted to women, but I don't know how much I'm attracted to men since I'm still untangling society's and Mormonism's expectations from me. I don't want to throw a label on myself just yet. You know what? You don't have to. Mm -mm. Because I could be bi, but I could be a lesbian. I guess you could say I'm an ex-Mormon queer girl trying to figure out her life. Love it. You can say that all you Mm -hmm. want. And then she says, see what I did there? (laughs) Yep, Molly, we Uh see exactly what you did. Yep. But for now, I'm happy with the progress I've made the last few months. Anyway, I planned a trip when I would see nearly all of my family and could tell them, emboldened by Shelly's courage and sharing her story with the world. That's such a great letter. Yeah. She actually goes on to talk about how her brother came out and mm-hmm. her family's reactions weren't great, as you can imagine. He actually cut them all out of his life except for her. So that is going to be challenging, talking to her family members when— Yeah. Well, when she's seen that, yeah. her, that the relationship became so toxic that her brother had to cut the family off. Exactly. Yeah. I'm exactly. sure he didn't do that on a whim. No. No, that's really a tough decision to make. She wants us to do a Temple episode. <sighs> We I do, do need to do one. I do too. Okay. Did we want to have a guest on for that? Maybe. Do you feel like you can lead us through it? I know you had some trepidation about that. No, no, no. I totally can. I mean, I went all the freaking time, especially when Brent's parents were on a mission out here, a temple mission. So we would go all the time just to Baptize appear. the dead or some stupid shit? No, we would do um, endowment sessions. It's the movie and the handshakes. Maybe I should watch one of those uh, temple videos, and then we should comment on that. (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) Lordy. Okay, we will put that in the works, because that should be entertaining. Always is. Um, Isn't there veils and some shit? Oh, God, there's so much. There's changing of clothing, 
Right shoulder, left shoulder, slippers off, on, veiling your face, handshake, stand up, sit down, close your eyes for one part for the men, um, reciting weird shit, trying to remember things. Mm, that sounds great. Um, veil with holes in it where people put their hands through. What's that for? It's the veil. Oh. There's a man on the other side of the veil and you have um, to give him all the passwords so he can you pull in you into heaven. Passwords? Yeah. Is it a speakeasy? So dumb. <laughs> really dumb. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that should be a treat. Okay, well, in the meantime, we are going to wrap this one up. Yeah, thank you, Not Your Name, Molly, for writing in. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Super thank cool you. And, um, yeah, sorry we missed you at Pride. I know. So definitely next year. And um, I'm so glad that, Shelley, you could be inspiring. That makes me happy. Yeah. That makes this all worth it. Yeah, for sure. And don't forget, if you would like to get in touch with us, we hope you do. Please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. Mm-hmm. Check it out. I will reply. I'm yes, only about will. a month behind right now. That's so. not too bad. That's not too bad. <laughs> it gets further and further. <laughs> I'm actually, when we're done here, I'm going to go sit down and reply to a shit ton of people. So All right. can't wait. Okay, that sounds good. Well, we'll talk to everybody again next time. All right. See Thanks you later. for listening. Bye. Bye-bye.